Good morning, good morning. We are dancing in with Soul Makasa, Mano Dibango. This is Charlotte Farrell, your own sister C, right here in the place to be, CJSF Radio 90.1, with your Friday Speak Up show. Have we got a treat in store for you. This is your own sister C, with a special pre-holidays treat. I'm recording live from my CJSF studio at home, and I'm presenting the treat of previews from a new show I'm creating, Poetically Yours, or Poet On. going to be featuring a recording of an interview that I did with Adele Arop, a creative Ugandan-Canadian artist, activist, and creative genius. She wears a lot of hats, and you're going to be hearing and experiencing some of them this morning. I'm also going to be sharing some songs reflecting the range of holidays from Halloween on Saturday the 31st to All Saints Day on the 1st and All Souls Day on the 2nd, a time that is also called the Day of the Dead. And I'll give you a link to a special eight-day celebration that's happening at Harborfront in Toronto the 1st through the 8th. So, without further ado, let's get into that interview. Welcome to our first segment of Poetically Yours. Today... Your host, Charlotte Farrell, Sister C, is here with Adele Arope, and we are going to hear her poeting on. But first, let's learn a little bit about you. You're a filmmaker, a musician. Tell us some things about yourself. Um, so I'm a, I've been a poet since I was eight years old. Um, I've always loved words, and I've always been fascinated with um, experience learning how to express myself. Mm-hmm. And so um, I've taken to art in all its forms to be able to kind of learn how to express myself. Um, so I'm a multidisciplinary artist. Um, I'm a singer. I'm a poet. Um, I'm a filmmaker. I'm a dancer. Um, and a kind of self-proclaimed nerd in a <laughs> way because <laughs> I spend a lot of my free time kind of studying. I make jokes about getting my PhD in YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yes, I'm all things um, learning. I'm always interested in expanding my mind and expanding my way of thinking and expanding my art. Um, and so I'm always keen to try something new all the time. And you, was it a transition? or I know you had a career in modeling. Yeah. Was that straight out of high school? Or how did that come about? I've been modeling since I was 14, actually. Wow. Um, I started I started doing runway. No, actually, I started, I got discovered in a mall by by a photographer and she's like I love to photograph you and I was scared I was like ah who is this person um, and it took me a couple months to actually warm up to the idea and then I made my sister and her best friend go with me and I did my first photo shoot um, and it went well and they wanted to sign me onto an agency and take me international um, but I was only 14 and like my family was also newly immigrants mm-hmm. well not newly immigrant but my mom had other kids and so it was really hard for us to like all be together and like be able to do it so um, I wasn't able to start launching off internationally at 14 but I was um, still modeling in the industry um, and then I didn't get signed to my first agency till I was about maybe 17 um, and then from there I've 
was modeling in, as a Vancouver-based model and then a Montreal-based model. So I've been in, in the industry for about eight and a half years. Um, and I just kind of stepped down this summer. Um, I went to Paris and I was like, okay, I'm going to live here. I want to like be a model. I'm going to do it. <laughs> and then I get there and I'm like, I don't think I can do this. Like I am not, I, I want to be an artist. I think this is my passion and this is my calling. And it's something that I want to put all my energy into. Um, and so I stepped away from my modeling career um, and just decided to pursue film. Actually, like, it was kind of something that I've been mulling over because um, I got my first uh, documentary grant from Tell a Story Hive back in, um, we did like the pitching in like 2018 and when we got funded in 2019. And so I spent a whole year um, creating the film. So I was taking on a few roles. I translated it, I did all the research, um, and then I ended up directing and producing it. And so I kind of took some time off modeling um, just to, cre to create, and I was like, whoa, this is very powerful. Um, I feel very good about this. I think I, I've never, um, I've never had the opportunity to just like not work and just do art. And I was like, I need to continue. Mm. Um, but I had to find out first w whether or not um, which path I should walk down. So I went to Europe this summer and I did a five weeks vacation. Um, I called it my writer's retreat. Mm. Um, <laughs> I went by myself. Um, and I just took a trains all around Europe and I would just Google something and be like, where should I go? Um, and I ended up meeting some really incredible people. I wrote about romanticism. Wow. Um, and so I went to like all the romantic cities and tried to figure out whether or not like it was an illusion or not. It was so, it's ridiculous, but it was my writer's retreats. I was allowed to have my little fantasies. Um, <laughs> it's such a different story too, because people will talk about having to be discovered or you wait for somebody to ding you on your head and say, now you can do that, but you're very self-directed. Yeah, and that's actually the reason why it doesn't make me a good model. <laughs> um, my mom says I don't listen enough, and I, I agree with her. I'm very, um, I'm kind of like a like an introverted person that kind of just likes to do her own thing. Uh, so it can be really difficult to um, tell me what to do or to like whatever, just because like I'm always kind of focused on something. Um, and so I realized that it kind of got in the way of my career as a model. Um, it was a really good opportunity. My agents were always amazing, but I think there was some insecurity on my end and also just wanting to move things in my way and in my vision and not like taking the time to um, you know, develop, and I was rushing, and I was like, and I was like, yeah, I have just too much energy mm -hmm. uh, for this, for the way, for this particular uh, part of this industry. But I really enjoy like all the other stuff. You know, every time I would be with photographers or designers or like stylists, I was always asking them questions and always really curious about like how, like you know, I was always really interested. And I'm like, I realized that like I'm really, I want to be a creative director, and I want to be able to put these you know but it took kind of going through that whole industry but I can say that like going through the modeling industry I was like it's not a lot of people say good things but I have nothing but good things to say because it was an amazing opportunity for me to be embraced as a as a beautiful black woman um, and then also be given an opportunity um, to overcome circumstances mm -hmm. um, you know because like when I was 17 um, I was in a pretty rough position and I was like homeless and I was living in transitional home um, and trying to and also in my last year of high school um, and also just started my modeling career and everything was just happening all at the same time 
um, and it allowed for me to have another opportunity outside of my circumstances to be able to go and be, you know. So I was able to put, uh, gather myself and move to Montreal and start my modeling career. And so it and it kind of made me embrace my natural hair, made me embrace my like my blackness, and so it was really great chance for me to really go out there and like push be pushed into the world and uh not there's more barriers that were taken down you know and so i uh, because i was a model mm-hmm. um and so i just have to say that like i have nothing but great things to say about the fashion industry um especially from my own experience i mean obviously there's a lot of there's other other things that are psychological but that's something that you choose in some ways but don't you know it's all there's a mind your mind is your worst enemy um, but I can say that as far as the people that I was interacting with or the industry itself is really nice. It's just a bunch of amazing, like, creative people just trying to like, piece things together and make really amazing, like, fashion shows and things like that. It's So it, there's a lot that's happening in it as an artist. You embrace it. So it seems like that would be rich <laughs> material for your poetry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, we're going to take a musical break, and then we're going to hear some of Adele's poetry. Yay. <laughs> No, that's just so you'll be able to, without noise, get your, are, do you, are you doing the poem from memory? Or do you oh, to read I, it? So, so I like to do freestyle poetry. Oh, great. Okay. So you just, we can like, I'm, I can just make up stuff. Um, so we can just have like a back and forth. If you can give me, you can give me like, <laughs> like ideas for poetry and I'll just make some, uh, this is how, it's something fun. I don't know. Okay. We're back from <laughs> that music and we're going to do something really fun because Adele does freestyle poetry, and I've been terrified. I'm a poet, but I've been terrified of doing freestyle. So here we go. <laughs> okay. I went to the store. I went to the store, and amidst the crowd, my eyes gazed upon the reflection of the light. And the light was so bright, it drew me to that light because I did not want to fight. Fighting myself to smile past the disguises that I put on my face. The last time I hid myself, it was a disgrace. It was a disgrace that put me into tears. Tears of loneliness, tears of sorrow. I am so sorry to you, my dear face. For I forgot to give you an embrace. But I won't be in haste. Next time I see those lights, I will not fall to the disgrace of slapping my face the sounds that echo like the heart that beats it's you and me and these amazing treats amazing treats i would normally think of chocolate but then that chocolate is too much and so i'm going to have the banana because it will the banana is a metaphor for fulfilling your purpose the banana stays the banana grows the banana dies but at the end of the day it fulfills itself it is just a metaphorical banana. Oh, I'd like to go bananas. I go bananas in a health food store. Go bananas in a dress store. Go bananas with shoes that fit my feet instead of never seeing size 11s on sale. And unfortunately, Payless went bankrupt. And they were the ones who used to carry size 11 feet. But a lot of people came and played a lot of deceit. Taking. <laughs> <laughs> And they took a lot of heat because they seemed to only bring five sizes of levels into the biggest cities. Because they got funky feet. <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun with freestyle. Uh, this is 
Poetically Yours, a new show that is eclectic. It has poets across the ages, poets and poems that have romanticism, poems that deal with anger, poems that let you share grief or give someone a special tribute. Poet on, poet on. I have another one. No, okay, I think I could share. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is uh, a poem that I wrote for, in relation to my film. Um, it's called Sudan's Echo. Um, so pretty much talking about what intergenerational trauma looks like. Um, let me find it. I usually do this as a like a, a slam piece. Mm-hmm. Um, just do me need to play. You see what you sent. I want to ask you a little later about what your feeling is about slam poetry. <laughs> Don't get me started on that. <laughs> Because to me, I've done events, I was doing a monthly event in Los Angeles, and I called mine soaring, because to me, slam sounds like, you know, one poet slamming up against the other, whereas I think one poet should make the other one soar. Exactly. Yeah. I think I like, for I like um, spoken word, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like, here you are, you've got... Um, a few minutes to do a couple of poems and you can go through your feelings without having to be like I wonder what I'm gonna get scored at or right. like, you know it's like it's more like I'm just holding space for you and there's like like for example now when I do panels I have gotten I started actually getting people to snap mm-hmm. you know like when I'm like whenever I get on panels from now on I'm always just like hey guys like if there's anything that you feel like you get from this or whatever like snap and so I think there's a lot of amazing elements to snap poetry but there's sometimes I don't I don't like the competitiveness um, because it makes me like what's the poem that's the most sad or what's the poem that's gonna you know and it takes away from like what are you feeling at the moment why do you need this you know why like what are we slamming um, why are we angry yeah and I, I like a lot of the open mics that go to poetic justice uh, in the West and it's more each person is listening and being elevated so you don't have to compete with the person it's just to really see where that takes you and flow with their exactly feelings i like that like and it's a nicer energy exchange than to be like to get on stage and try to be the most have the most dramatic poem um i'm like that's not why i do it i mean i've been doing poetry um performing poetry since i was maybe nine years old eight nine Mm -hmm. Uh, I used to, like, write poems for, like, assemblies and poem, and, like, whenever, like, I don't know, we had a teacher pass away that I really liked, I write them poetry. So I was always, I've always been performing poetry. That's why I like freestyle poetry. Um, but uh, when it came to, when I started slamming in high school, like, maybe, like, 16, um, I was really enjoying it because it got me, it, it felt like you could, like, a performance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the deeper that I got into, the more deeper you get into writing poetry, the more you're like, okay, I need a space. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, when you get older, you just kind of <laughs> calm down. You're just like, oh, no, you know, that, that was very uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, and the feeling, like, I've written a lot of tribute poems, sometimes for a wedding, sometimes when someone's passed away. And the feeling, what you're looking for people's eyes is not to score you, but, you know, how is it making them feel? Exactly. You know? you're, you're, I think your job as a poet is to help people translate emotions properly, you know, because you have to just be able to, like, spoon, like it makes it easier to spoon feed, to be like, oh, here, here's what sadness tastes like a little bit. Here's, but, like, let them, like, you kind of leave them feeling a little, like, understood or whatever. Like, 
I don't know. That's why poets have been such a huge part of our society. Poets and uh, jesters, like jokers, like com- comedians. Right. We're the two people that we're the only two like types of artists that are that can speak the truth um, and can hide it behind humor or behind w- other kinds of words and metaphors and stuff like that. And so we're craftsmen. Yes. With, 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 with the words. <laughs> yes, I think some people, I went to a, a book fair and was, they did a lecture on the trickster. We're tricksters in yeah. some ways. But exactly. also healers. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, I think as artists, we're formless in some senses because like we can like take on roles we can act we can do or like we're just performers and you're just about you can put on a show um and the fact that you have the ability to use and not everybody has that formless everybody some people are very rigid in the way that they are they are who they are and that's it but as poets and as artists we're our like field of expression is like so wide we're like all over the place and so like our energies get put into different things um not in the same way as like somebody who's more like who there's because like for example i have a friend visiting me right now um, and we're kind of in different, like, we're, our energy levels are so different. Like, she like she likes to, like, first write it out and then kind of look <laughs> at it. And then she then she says, how does that apply? And she moves on. So she takes things step by step. And I'm just, like, I've already, I did, like, I'm, like, looping around doing, like, six things at the same time. Yeah. And it's just, and, and I'm, like, she looks at me. She's, like, you're thinking too fast. Can you slow it down? I'm, like, oh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then sometimes you ever feel like you're just writing, trying to keep up with whatever it is, the muse or whatever it yeah. is inside that's, you know. It's hard to, like, because you get resistance, too, sometimes when you like, and then there's some, like, for example, later some mornings I wake up and it's like five and I'm like, <gasps> I have so much work to do. And I just like suddenly just need to work on some things. And so I like when I get those like bursts of energy. But sometimes I'm fighting resistance where I'm just like, I have all these ideas, but my hand won't move. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when they say, you know, record. I used to, when I first started writing, was working on my uh, book From Pillows to Pillars. Some things would come in the middle of the night and I would be scribbling on pieces of paper. So somebody at a workshop said, well, have a notebook. So I had the notebook but a lot of the things now I'm looking at some of those notebooks is totally unintelligible <laughs> <laughs> it's like it started off as a word but then it went into you know whatever but then I got a voice recorder so but it, 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 devices these different electronic things I hate typing something like typing me, a text oh, me too. I can't stand it I hate it and <laughs> I can type on a, a, a computer or a big word but not on my phone i don't want to write they and they come out kind of in t- unintelligible yeah. my son says i thought you went to college but you misspelled so many words it's like i don't you know I yeah <laughs> you know what i have those same issues it's so that's actually so funny like i mean I, like people are like oh you're a young person and i'm like no i'm actually not i mean it's just my age like I, I suck like for example like i can use a computer but compared to people my age i'm like illiterate you know, like I can't spell, like I can't text on phones and everything like that. I got, I went back and I got a flip phone and I got a concussion, and I was like, I'm not going back. I either have my iPad, my devices, but yeah, I think it's way easier for for like me to just like record. Yeah, I think it'd be easier to record because. Yeah, I like writing things on paper too. Yeah, I've a lot of stuff I wrote on paper and. You can go back and you can change it. When you try to go back and change something on the computer screen, it resists. Or now, Grammarly <laughs> wants to get into the conversation, or yeah. uh, Google's finished the sentences they want, you know, so it's trying to go faster than you are. Yeah. <laughs> so change what you have. I, I have to use some unkind and. 
and holy words to both Google, Grammarly, and Siri, and all of those people that think they know what you're doing. And, oh, we'll just finish this sentence. And like, no, you can't. <laughs> nice try, <laughs> you know. No, that's, mm. that's so funny. So let's hear the poem that you that goes with the, is related to your movie. Okie dokie. So it's called Sudan's Echo. Um, okay. Ban kwan yin kegway, kwa ting ping bai, Sudan a chidiak binder. Ban buloi boji ju marali ju kwan yin wimbo. May may lake john gadang bulo yunguna ye pinda. Gwen a tobudo nyod way and ngwen. Wait, actually, can we redo that? I started in the wrong place. Okay, we're continuing interview with Adele. Aropa, Adele Aropa, a poet, filmmaker, someone who's taken the energy and brilliance from modeling and put it into a variety of creative arts. And right here in our Poet Up section of Poetry, Poetically Yours, today in our Poet On section of Poetically Yours, she is going to be singing a poem. So tell us a little bit about this poem. Um, so the poem is inspired by... When I was little, um, I used to see my mom. Like my mom was a really like a stoic woman, who wasn't really much to reveal her feelings. Since um, and because she was a child soldier um, mm. in the SPLA when she was 14, mm. um, and so growing up, I she was a bit like we there was a lot of intergenerational trauma, um, and I remember just like the memories that stood out to me quite a lot were watching her listen to music. You know, she was always, she'd come home and she'd turn on music right away. Like, she was always, like, immersed in listening to something. Um, and there was always these, like, um, songs coming out of the radio of men going, ah, 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 ah. and, mm-hmm. like, just like, oh, like, there's all these, like, noises that were just, like, and I was like, and I was, because, like, I never learned one language. I, like, learned a bunch of languages at the same time because mm-hmm. I was traveling a lot mm-hmm. as a little kid. So, like, I didn't really know like Dinka fully so I was just listening to the music and I I didn't know what they were saying and so there was always just like a like it was just always like sound and then as I got older and I started to like unravel my mom's story and get to know her like kind of like learn what she had passed through and what she had been through then things started making sense to me Um, and so this is the song that she it's one of her favorite songs from when she was in the um, training camps and it's the song that we use in our document the documentary as well um, and so, yeah, it's going to be up at some point. I'm going to release it in poetry in the style of a music video at some point. And then you'll see the real, like, story in images. Um, but here we go. South Sudan, Waye. Espiole, Waye. Karam, Waye. Madiran wow, Madiran wow, Madiran wow. Ran wow, Madiran, Malakal, Wandit, Kujuba. Loi bai kadek in a belly bai bunyim to dinner what y'all McKay, McKay, McKay McKay, McKay, McKay Madidia kuna jake ball kadom kaloi to buy a twenty garage de wet kwana sudan. I wonder the outer monkey dinner sunky, sunky, a man, a man. The skies weep. My country screams. I watch in agony. The eyes of people I love dearly tell stories of sadness. Their children who have become broken adults, and now their children inherit that hurt. Trauma becomes Sudan's greatest legacy. 
Ban kwan yin kegwe kwa ting ping bai sudana chiriak binder. Ban kwan yin kegwe kwa ting ping bai sudana chiriak binder. Pan buliu boji jur marali chukwan yin winbo. Mahi mahi lek jan karang bulo yunganaye pianda. I remember the music that played in the background of my childhood. My mother seeking solace in the things that destroyed her. I would look into her eyes, seeing the reflection of the sky she once looked up to, her face crying out as muffled voices screeched from the radio, eyes fading into an expression I could not understand. We were strangers. She was strength, yet in her power I saw weakness. Every day, I heard these muffled voices, hopeful screams. They were my mother's sense of home. She gave up her childhood for her country. Within that exchange, her eyes stopped forming tears while her soul drowned in agony. What has become of the person she wished to be? Ban kwan yin kegwe kwa ting ping bai sudana chiriak binder. Ban buloi bo ji jur malali chukwan yin winbo. May may lek jan karang buloi yin na ye pianda. Mwen to burun yodwe and ngwen to wet kwan tu. Mwen to wet kwan a janu. Mwen to piriya pianda. I remember hearing these muffled voices of men seeping out of the radio. The sounds lingered in the air. Longer than the silent stares we exchanged, I would whisper, are you okay? She looked at me. Our hearts exchanged words our mouths could nod. I never understood why these cassettes meant so much to her. How was I to know she had been a child soldier? Wow. That is beautiful tones but also it reaches so much into a spirit feeling you reflect you know the feeling that must have been in your mother's heart as she was hearing those sounds and thinking about as you said her lost childhood as i've noted before that over these three days there are contrasts from the scary uh things associated with halloween night to the third day of hallowed days, All Saints Day, and we're going to hear a song that is pretty much a standard in England, Canada, across the Americas, and it's, I sing a song of the saints of God, and a phrase or two, and this version is by Michael Rowe, and enjoy. I sing a song of the saints of God. Yeah. 
How does your film relate to what's happening in the Sudan? Uh, it's it's a part of the history. Um, my mom was a part of the second um, battalion of they're called so in the Sudan Sudan's war. There's been two now three civil wars. The first one was the birth of the the where the leaders of the second civil war kind of came together. So it's called Anyanya One, and then Anyanya Two, which is the SPLA SPLM, who fought from 1984 to 2005 um, before and then also then they came to a peace agreement and then um, one of the pres- the vice pre- the vice president who is the leader of the SPLA was then assassinated and killed um, and there was some c- conflicts or whatever uh, between the north and the south for for quite some time um, this, it, this is a really like long history um, between the issues that are going up in north and south um, which and then we had a referendum from the country in 2009. Um, and so it's one of the youngest countries to join uh, the UN um, and one of the newest countries in the world. Um, and so my mom was part of that history. She was one of the, she was the, uh, one of the child soldiers that um, joined and fought against uh, the North. And she also fought with the vice president um, who was the leader of the SPLA. His name was John Garang, Carabino. Um, and uh, Selfakir, who is now the current president, um, they all trained in this on the armies in the camps together, and so uh, I think it's a big part of living history that hasn't been told, um, and so just been uh, unraveling and learning how to redistribute that, those stories so that people can know what happened um, and why the issues are continuing in Sudan now, South Sudan. Um, and kind of like I think when you educate people about an experience and show sh- and share the stories of the people that um, were directly affected, um, I think it brings more more understanding because people can't really touch war. You know, you don't you just know war is a, is a theory, but you've never known war as a practice. And so I think I'm trying to translate th- that understanding to show that that there, what has happened is echoing through time until now. Yes, I think it would be interesting, you know, to uh, the dialogue that gets generated by the film would be helpful for people dealing with wars that are still going on in other places. Yeah, to be my film has actually become uh, a platform for all these conversations. Um, I hosted a children's conference for Black History Month 
um, which I bought together a bunch of collaborators and artists, and we had a workshops on who am I. Mm. Um, so it was helping kids understand and redefine themselves, and to re- like claiming I am as their identity, um, and understanding that like becoming a, a, a indiv- the process of individuation is the process of separating yourself from what you think you are and remembering who you were before the world told you. Um, and so I was focusing on trying to get the kids to claim who they were before the world told them. Um, and so that was the aim of the workshops. Um, and then I've been with, um, I helped out yesterday, my film screened for a movie night that the WUSC, which is like a um, SFU, um, has brings in, well, not as just SFU, but like the organization brings refugees um, to study and gives them residency or like PR mm-hmm. while they study. and. Um, helps them get into university, um, and take helps them to like take care of tuition and things like that. So yesterday I had a screening and uh, was just a part of a panel um, about kind of the organization and why they need the referendum and uh, kind of the issues that we're facing. So um, I was on a panel with other refu- refugees that were from my refugee camp, mm. uh, yeah. and I was bo- I was just born in a refugee camp, but I've n- my mom was a Mama was a teacher and then a government worker for the UN. So, like, um, my experience of the refugee camps was not the same as other people's experience. Um, I never had, never went for rations. I never, like, I never really went through that experience. There was, we always had something. Um, and so, now being, like, in the position that I'm in and sitting around with these people who are all, we all got here, got to the same place, you know, like, that's, it's so weird like I call like there's all these paths that we all took to end up in the same place and it's like I, I just had these weird moments of like could you ma- like would have have been the same if I had stayed there right. like what would my life have been like and I just felt like I would have ended up here either way do you know what I mean yes. and so I was like I'm destined to be in Canada and this was kind of like the path that I was supposed to go on um, and so it made me gave me some peace and so it's been really interesting just to see what kind of conversations come around this film like I even had the film screen at the Museum of Surrey on Black on Remembrance Day um, which was really interesting because I'm like look at these two like, this is World War II celebration and you're allowing me to like celebrate my mom as a veteran you know like that's very powerful and so I was just sharing um, so my film somehow has been able to fit into so many different situations and so many scenarios it's because it deals with identity um, and so I have been apl- I've just decided I'm like okay we're going to be a platform this is this film is for everybody how can I like get it to as many people as possible and so now I'm in the film festival um, at the Women in Film Festival I won um, Vancouver Short Film Festival for Best Documentary I was given an award by the Documentary Organization of Canada BC Chapter um, and I'm now currently just I just screened my film for the Women in Film Festival um, and uh, I'm off to do some screenings in my my cousin's hometown so my cousins live in Boston oh my goodness so it's, <laughs> it's I'm just, traveling yes it's taking me and I'm hoping to continue to create that but yeah but it's also fitting you know the theme of International Women's Month that one generation and then the connection yeah globally collection around advocacy advocacy sometimes people's you know the old thought was oh women don't get involved in politics or <laughs> you don't stand out and stand yeah. up for things that you believe in but yeah. I think that sharing that opens the way for people to discuss what can we do to make ways to, for peace. Yeah. Uh, a couple of weeks ago the Rwanda Association they have mm. uh, Rwanda 25 and they were, are celebrating but also 
helping people to look at some of the paths to reconciliation mm. that people miraculously have accomplished. And uh, because we just get sound bites <laughs> from mainstream news, they might show, you know, well, there was this festival and one small part of it was honoring or talking about the women coffee growers and then another part was about a plant. There's a plant that grows um, there that was choking the water but wow. then they gave it to a group of women and they found that it made these wonderful braided uh, oh, I heard, bowls yeah. and cloths wow. and pa uh, pa uh, placemats and so the, to the credit of both UBC and Simon Fraser they have students who are going over to not go the old way, here's a program that will help you, but going over and hearing, you know, things like you're saying, what are people doing to, you know, is, is part of reconciliation. I mean, even the story of your mother, that she would have been a child soldier, then a teacher, and at the UN, that's such a, something that's not in a person's <laughs> imagination. You no. Know? It's so, it actually is kind of strange when we think about it, but like, I don't know, my mom kind of is growing up it wouldn't allow me not to believe that I could do anything of it. And um, I mean, even though she had her own special way of parenting, I could say that like, if it wasn't for the fact that she always just told me like, the only thing that makes you different from another person is your state of mind. You know, she's always just like, why don't you think you can do something? If somebody else can do it, you can do it because you're both humans. It's just the fact that you're not doing it. And I'm so I just always remember oh, my mom has all these little parables and like these little like, you know, snippets of wisdom that have like really helped guide me in making the decisions that I made in my life. And so I have to say that like, she's a big powerhouse. And if I think it, it's like, you're held to her standard as, and so like, I think as her kid, it's a lot of pressure, mm. you know? <laughs> That's a lot of pressure, like holy shit, so like big shoes to fill. Um, and so there's all these, and so I feel like a part of, they've always kind of looked to me as the writer of the family and they're like okay you're this is that's what you're doing and that's you know and so I was like okay um and so it's been really interesting how my family has been pushing me a lot and allowing me just to be myself because I'm like a really really hard kid to take care of you know <laughs> I some, like I tell people imagine that you know I tell my friends like stories about my childhood and they're like oh, your poor mother and I was like what and, um, and I'm just, I, I still don't know exactly how hard it was to raise me because I thought I was fine. But when I tell people stories of my childhood, they're like, oh, you're a poor mother. <laughs> oh. Now we're going to hear a fun sing-along song. <laughs> and it's by Skeletos, Make Every Moment Count. It's a sing-along song for Halloween and Day of the Dead. Flores, velas, comida y calaveras. 
México se celebra el Día de los Muertos en México. Los muertos, la gente decora altares con fotos, flores, velas, comida y calaveras para recordar, para celebrar a los que ya no están. Para heard Adele and I do this makeup on the spot <laughs> poetry and you've had a chance to hear a sing-along song so we're going to go back to learning more about this fascinating set of roles that Adele plays here in Canada and other cities where she's traveled and shared her creativity. So, uh, tell us again now the name of the movie and where Oh, people might see it. Uh, so, uh, the film is called Who Am I? Um, it is available on TELUS Optic TV um, and any of their platforms, um, StoryHive, um, online streaming, um, as well as their YouTube channel. Um, so if you just Google my name or you Google uh, the film, you'll find a, you'll find a link. Um, it's available for anybody to see. Oh, now, for difficult spellers, spell your name. It's A-D-H-E-L. Last name is A-R-O-P, so it's Adela Rop. I know the accent's hard, so that's why I spelt it out first. Adela <laughs> Rop. It's Adel. Adel. Arop. Arop. Yes. So it's a lot of uh, rolling. <laughs> <laughs> Dinka is a very... So Dinka is a tonal language. Mm. So it, there's like, uh, like it's like it's like the diphthongs and stuff that, that you would hear in Vietnamese, Chinese, like whatever. We have a similar. We use tonal language even in man, like Mandarin Cantonese. Everything's tonal, so it's like if each some word could sound similar, but it's just a uh, 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 thing. So have that's, you written any poems in the language? Um, no, but I'm learning how to write poetry in Dinka. My mom got me a tutor, um, and he's an uncle of mine, and he's a he's a poet. Hmm. Um, and so he started teaching me a little bit. I had to stop because I got so busy with life. Um, but when I go back to Sudan, I'm actually planning to study Dinka properly. I mean, I've learned to read now. I've learned to write. Um, now I just need to learn to think, uh, <laughs> which is the last, <laughs> the, usually the hardest part about writing is thinking in the language. Well, you're, you're practicing um, Alzheimer prevention. They've said of the ten things that help or believe to help prevent it's learning another language because you keep forcing yeah. your dendrites and all those other things in your brain to make new patterns and pathways. It's crazy. I speak six and a half languages, wow. and uh, sometimes it's really weird because like I'll be talking to somebody and I want to say something and then I have a, a different language just come and I'm like wait. 
wait, what? Mm-hmm. And so it gets really, con- sometimes like, I get confused, um, wh- like, what I'm trying to say. So, like, people who know me will know, they know that I always have little bits of other languages involved in my speech. Like, even my niece, I speak to her in French, Dinka, and English, and Japanese sometimes. <laughs> and I just say, like, little words here, here, here. And I'm, and some, I don't know, people start, some, sometimes, I guess people just start to understand me. Sometimes I'm like, oh, blah, 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 and I say, speak in French. And so, it's just kind of like my weird brain. <laughs> oh, well, it must be a lot of fun being able to do that. And then when you're talking to kids, I think that that would make a big difference to them because some people grudgingly, you know, the idea of being immersed in another language. Oh, why should my kid have to learn two languages? And here you have six. So I can imagine that's an inspiration Yeah. the work you're doing at the schools. I'm hoping to, like, try to encourage. Like, I have a little niece. She's six years old. And she's, like, so vibrant and, like, she inspires me so much to be like I want to make sure that like she has all the opportunities to explore herself as an artist and like because she's she stood up and danced before she even walked mm. you know she just did not walk she's like stood up just to break it down um, and so and my little brothers and stuff so I always just like think about my like siblings and all the family that I've got I've got my mom is the oldest and so every like all of my cousins are younger like under 15 years old you know or like under 20 so we're all like between 30 and 20 years old and the youngest one is like maybe like what I think he's like two now hmm. um, or my little my sister has a two like a one year old so my family ranges from zero to 30 just for the kids and there's over like 30 of us or something like that just in my immediate family and so there's all these so like as an older like sibling or whatever you're, go- you're supposed to be a good role model yes and so I'm like I'm trying my best like I've tried to just like like just lead by example uh i'm a human being so like you'll find my flaws and my all all my twitters and everything like that from my past of me just being a kid but like my goal is just to try to inspire little girls to like not have to go through the same like problems uh, or like preventative measures to try to at least like not go through the same uh, crises i went through especially with my identity issues and like my you know existentialism you know Mm -hmm. and so it's just being able to like have a conversation and try to educate people about just like redefining themselves you know it seems so small but it really really makes a difference because i think that that's something we all struggle with as like psychologically as humans that are group mentality it's hard to be like who am i in with outside of all this you know uh, well <laughs> that's the the three excellent points or do you want to end with a free-flowing poem sure uh okay um as I bid thee adieu, I say goodbye, and in my eyes I see you smile. Abijanyak, and I was gonna like start like flipping into different languages. Oh, you could do that. That would be cool. And, and I was just like, and I was just <laughs> I like, but it just kind of threw me off. I was like, wait, should I just start? Um, I guess like I was just like say goodbye in my languages, and so jambo, um, amtijal, oevoa. Sayonara, jamatane. Uh, <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> um, anywho, so back. So I say goodbye with these eyes as you hear me spit my rhymes. It's me and Sister C here breaking it down on the FM AM radio frequencies. I hope I reach and vibrate towards you. <laughs> and thank you. I'll better do. <laughs> this has been Poetically Yours. We have heard Adele Poet on, and 
look to hearing you here sometimes because we share poetry across the world. We have Rumi, we have rap, we have dub, we have spoken word. So this is a flow of a show that I know you will like. I'm Sister C, and we're out. (laughs) Well, that was a lot of fun. Now we're going to listen to a song that may be new to you, but old to some. Wherever you are in safe distancing, you can do the Monster Mash. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. For my monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. It caught on in a flash. He did the monster mash from my laboratory in the castle east to the master bedroom where the vampires feast. The ghouls all came from their humble abodes To catch a joke from my electrodes They did the mash did the monster, mash. the monster mash It was a graveyard smash They did the mash It caught on in a flash They did the mash They did the monster mash The zombies were having fun The party had just begun the guests included Wolfman, Dracula, and his son. The scene was rocking, all were digging the sounds. Igor on chains, backed by his baying hounds. The coffin bangers were about to arrive with their vocal group, the Crypt Kicker Five. They played the monster mesh. It was a graveyard smash. In a flash, it made the monster mash. Out from his coffin, Drax's voice did ring. It seems he was troubled by just one thing. He opened the lid and shook his fist and said, Whatever happened to my Transylvanian twist? It's now the monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. It caught on in a flash It's now the monster mash Now everything's cool Drax a part of the band And might of the band For you, the living This mash was meant to When you get to my door Tell them Vincent sent you Now you can monster mash It was a graveyard smash It caught on in a flash now you can monster mash. Come now, my pretty. Do the monster mash. It won't hurt. I promise. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this sampling from me poetically yours, bringing Poet On, a new show in the works, and... I hope that you will have a wonderful three-day, all-hallowed days experience.
I'm Sister C in the place to be CJSF Radio 90.1 in Burnaby and <laughs> remotely from the Mount Pleasant area in Vancouver. And when they ask me what time it is, I always say it is love time poem time. Love Love time. 